0: This is The Motivation. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of jiu Coast to Coast, the podcast that's about everything jiu Dettles encounter on the daily, from training to everyday life and everything in between. I'm your host, Frank Garcia, currently a purple belt under Professor Victor Cervantes at Rivalry Jiu-Jitsu in Fresno, California, and I'm joined by my co-host, Cousinette. What's going on, Cuz? How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. I'm here in my uh, COVID quarantine, but I'm ready for this interview. I'm looking forward to it, and I, I can't, wait to, can't wait to do this. Nasty,
0: right. nasty. Stay in your bubble. Yeah. Stay over there. All right, all right.
1: Well, Huge honor for
0: me. Huge honor for me to very uh, welcome a very special guest, Professor Victor Cervantes of Raveri Jiu Jitsu to the Jiu Jitsu neighborhood. How you doing today, Coach?
2: I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. How are you, Cousin Ann? How are you, Frank? Oh, I'm great, man. I'm doing great. Good, doing good. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to be able just uh, to sit down and talk to you guys a little bit. I really enjoy your podcast. Um, you guys are doing great things. Um, everyone from my my group and my my academy really enjoy your podcast. So uh, hopefully I don't I don't mess up too many questions for you or nah, hopefully it's a good nah, podcast man nah,
0: dude, we're gonna hit a home run it's always a home run with the special guests it's us that we gotta we gotta bring our a game yeah, so we're the
1: ones yeah we're definitely the ones that need need to work on this but you'll be fine you'll do
0: great yeah yeah trust us trust us all right so uh on today's episode of jiu coast to coast we're gonna be asking coach Vic some very intimate questions about his jiu-jitsu journey and his thoughts on next weekend's pan am's going down in florida uh so with that being said coach you ready to answer some questions oh yeah playboy i'm ready all to right, bring them all right let's do it all right so i want to start this interview by giving our listeners a unique look into professor victor's mind a sneak peek behind the curtain so to speak so i'm gonna i'm gonna let i'm gonna set the tone for this interview here and i'm gonna ask you coach what is your all-time favorite martial arts movie and why
2: easy no holds barred with hulk hogan and zeus easy no I mean, hesitation I mean, yeah no hesitation i mean i think it was like the the start of the 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 era of the the underground fighting scene most people don't think about that you know everyone thinks about blood sport and all these other other type of movies but man hulk hogan really uh he hit a home run with that movie man home
0: run home wow. run what else do you have to say about that you know i mean uh you know i
2: i've actually during the quarantine um you know I think everyone's been having binge watching, watching certain movies, and uh, it just popped up on Amazon Prime, and I was just like, you know, I got, I got, I got to see this, and I got to tell you that the story is is phenomenal. You know, the the villain is is the best. It's like a, I think it's like a TV, I don't know, like a producer, and he really hates Hulk Hogan or Rip, you know, and he wants to, he wants to destroy his career, and he and he sends out Zeus, you know, tiny, what's a, what's his, what's his real name? It's tiny something. I, I can't even remember. He's a guy from Friday, you know what I yeah. mean? It's Debo. Debo. And, uh, man, that, that movie. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just like that movie. It's, it's a great movie, man. And uh, I mean, uh, not to discredit the other movies, but I I think I'm just into really cheesy, B-rated movies. And uh, I,
0: I love that movie. It's Tom Lister Jr., by the way. Tom Lister. That's A.K.A. Zeus. There it is. Yeah, yeah I was Zeus. just about to
2: look that up. Just A.K.A. That up. North South. Yeah, I think everyone remembers him from Friday, but I think I remember him from the Noe Nah, Bar, dude. So. Zeus that that was wow. that was the movie man and as a kid it, it freaked me out seeing zeus and i thought i thought he was pretty 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 uh, um, amazing acting right there so academy award for sure should have been uh, nominated <laughs> for that but it, it just didn't happen so it was ahead of its time dude it was ahead of its time it was it was like the you know it was mma feel you know when when you know the ufc one ufc two kind of feel and um i just remember uh you know hulk hogan being so uh, motivated and training hard because his he was his little brother he he hurt his little brother in a wheelchair. He put him in a wheelchair and that was, that was pretty deep. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the movie that I, that I really enjoy.
0: Deep, deep wow. martial arts undertone, revenge, <laughs> you know, get revenge for the master. That's it, man.
1: Yeah. All right. So, so is that what got you started in jujitsu? Like what got you started in jiu-jitsu, You know, and what, what do you remember about your first day in class? Man, what started me
2: with jiu is honestly uh, pro wrestling. Um, it's, uh, uh, I'm a big pro wrestling fan. I mean, you could talk to Frank. Um, mm-hmm. We always at least have a minimum 10, 10 minute conversation about pro wrestling every time we're on the mats. Her <laughs> class. Um, a class. Brett Man Hart, that was my dude. You know, I would see Brett Hart and he would defeat these big old, big old giants and he would slap on the sharpshooter. He weakened their legs and he would end up beating them, you know? and then uh,
0: He was the first leg locker.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He was a first leg walker. People don't know that, you know, he, he did a reap the leg and he was already, he was, you know, Gordon Ryan. I'm thinking he he took notes from him and uh, I heard Dan, I
0: heard John Danner has a a Bret Hart tattoo on his right hip.
2: That's what I've heard. I've heard that too.
0: No way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. You heard it here wow. first. I mean, these these are this is this is important news. Facts. Um, these are facts. No fake um,
1: news here. <laughs> we we got to get a photo of that and post that on uh, on with this episode right there. John Jenner,
2: if you're hearing this, you have to at least give uh He's been getting a lot of instructional, so I hope he gets to break down the sharpshooter landing in different different positions from the 50 50. So, <laughs> um, yeah, man, uh, pro wrestling was a thing that I liked, and at that time, I mean, I think about it like martial arts movies really influenced me, you know, watching movies with Van Damme, like Bloodsport, and, and um, you know, I've always been, you know, fascinated with martial arts, and I was a little too young to actually watch the UFC, you know, um, when it came out, well, it was at 93, right, 93, 94, I was nine years old, 10, so um I, I couldn't watch that, I mean, we did have the legal black box at that time, so, But my parents told me, yeah, my parents (laughs) told me not to watch that, so I was I was being a good boy, man. But there's other channels I did watch on there, and well, Mama don't know, won't hurt her, but
0: (laughs) we'll save uh, that for another episode.
2: episode. Yes, for another episode.
0: Exactly. We don't have that rating yet, Coach.
2: But then, um, you know, flash forward, uh, my brother he got into Muay Thai, and at that time, uh, AKA Fresno had just opened up, and um, he always told me he's like, I'm going to beat you up with Muay Thai, and I would just joke around. I'm like, Well, I'm going to beat you up with Jiu Jitsu, and um, and I never thought that I would you know, be training almost 11 years in jujitsu just by joking around about it. So really uh, it comes down from my brother. You know, he, he, he invited me to go to the gym and I remember we went to like an, it was like an open session and we were just going to hit bags. And at this time, man, I I tell you, I was overweight, out of shape, office worker. And I remember he's like, Hey, do this combination. And I remember starting to do the combination on the bag. And all of a sudden I felt lightheaded. I'm like, you know what, man, I'm going (laughs) to sign up right now. And he's like, bro, man, you haven't even been taught by a teacher. I'm like, no, I need to sign up now. And uh, then I found out there was a, the jujitsu. Two, you know, um, group on the side. There was like two mats. There it was one side that was for Muay Thai and boxing. The other side was for Jiu Jitsu, and uh, and I was like, man, that looks like a lot like professional wrestling. That looks cool, you know. And I jumped into one class and uh, I got hooked. And I always remember my first class. I always remember, you know, we you always talk about Eddie in the show, right? <laughs> and uh, Eddie was wearing like these Muay Thai shorts. Yeah, so he got me in north south <laughs> position, man. I still remember yes, that. Yes. It was. <laughs> it was not a good view man so yeah yeah i, I got into jujitsu basically just for my brother invited me just to hit some pads really oh that's funny that's good dude but well yeah, i wish i Who mean knows? honestly i wish i could say i got into jujitsu because ufc one changed me and all that man but <laughs> it wasn't like that you know it just it just it's fun you know no nah, dude yeah.
0: most most martial art Artists usually say that they got started because a friend, hey, invited me to the garage or I, they showed me this. I mean, same with me, man. I walked into the same yeah. gym as you. Why? Because Eddie was like, hey, let's go here. And we did. And then that was it, you know? So at the end of the day, I think we have to thank Eddie. Because yeah. Eddie's going mean, to do all this. We're going to change the name of the show. Uh, the Eddie yeah. show. The, the Eddie, Eddie Contreras <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu Show. jiu Show Hour. Thank you. Uh-huh. No, it should be called Thank You, Eddie Contreras. Thank you, Eduardo Contreras. <laughs> hey,
1: so did Eddie get like free memberships or anything for like getting us all into this?
2: Ah, uh, man. Do they have incentives? In that? I, they probably had some incentive, but I don't know.
1: know he uh, just... definitely should get something. I mean, now, somebody he brought in is now a black belt in yeah, we... and you know, <laughs> one that's almost about, there.
0: Eddie, I got you on roller dogs. And a Red Bull at the 7-Eleven. <laughs> uh, gotcha.
1: <laughs> with my All, right.
0: All right, coach. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, my next question has to deal with your comp career. So think back to the very first tournament that you competed in. I don't know if you remember the name of it. Maybe you can share that with us. Uh, so how have your ter- uh, tournament experiences have changed as you progress from the belts? So the first tournament
2: that I I, uh, I competed, I was a Grappling X here locally in Fresno. And um, something that drastically has changed is I try not to lose nine pounds in one day. <laughs> So I remember How I was much? just like, I lost like nine pounds, nine uh, pounds in yeah, one day. Yeah. water weight, dude. I, I had never done it before. I threw up twice in the restroom. Cause I was like, it was a heat exhaustion. And, uh, and I remember thinking in my head, my, you know, the thing is we weighed in the day before at grappling X. It's not like, you know, the Jeff where you weigh in, then you compete. And I just remember, uh, talking to my coach. I'm like, I want to drop weight. Cause then I'm going to be stronger than these guys, man. It's not, it's not a smart you know, strategy man. When you cut that much weight, you, you definitely don't recover within the day, especially being dehydrated and stuff. So um, that's definitely changed. Um, a lot has changed. you know it's like when I first started you know training jujitsu, you know again, it was I mean, I still continue doing it. It's, it's fun for me. But when I now am ready and going to compete, getting into shape, you know, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I do a lot of physical condition on, on my own apart from training jiu-jitsu a lot of specific training so there's like a regimen that I go with and I, I've been surrounded by a lot of great coaches so every coach is giving me their take on how to get ready for a competition so I kind of have my little formula that I go with but definitely not cutting that amount of weight I get I get students all the time saying hey coach should I drop a like no no bro just go in the weight you're at You're you know this is your first tournament You're already going to be nervous as it is. The last thing you should worry about is cutting weight and making it miserable for you, you know, because you're going to be miserable out there regardless.
1: Okay. All right. So, uh, so that being said, I mean, I'm starting, I'm getting ready for uh, a tournament, my first tournament ever um, on the 31st. So what would you recommend for like someone or me or some, anybody like some good pointers, like for that, for getting ready for, uh, to compete?
2: Well, I think it, it depends on your, on your specific goal. I know everyone says I want to get first place, but what's the idea behind it? I always, okay. I always tell everybody, you know, I always make people ask themselves the question, why am I competing? So I guess that's the question for you. Why are you competing? Why, why do you want to compete?
1: Um. Well, you know what, to be honest with you, I, it was something that Frank said on one of the other episodes. And it was kind of like, okay, you need to do this because you know, if you can do this, you can do anything. And you know, this is just one other like check, you know, in the life of, doing this and doing other things that I've done uh, that I want to actually do it. So I'm not really looking to get first place. I'm really just going to get that experience, the experience that Frankie and and the guys have always talked about and to kind of just get a feel for it, see what it's like. You know, Frankie mentions that, you know, uh, going to these tournaments, it's just like practice. You're going to go in there and that person's either going to make you tap or they're going to beat you by points. So, you know, it's just like, you know, practice that's really just going for the experience.
2: And that's good, man, that you, you have that mindset, especially for a first tournament. I think, I think what people don't realize is that you can go into the gym and you can be like, man, I'm going to do 1000 arm bars and I'm going to work out so hard. But until you experience the competition jitters, until you experience the adrenaline dump, uh, you realize that a lot of times you can't pull the trigger. So it's like, like, mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes you have this game plan, you have this vision, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And until you experience that moment of that adrenaline, I mean, there's no other way to prepare for it. You know, I, you know, th- your coach is going to do the best that he can to get you prepared for it. You're going to do the best you can mentally to get yourself prepared for it. But until that moment comes, you don't know how you're going to react to it. So I always tell everybody, it's just always do the best that you can, everything in your within your reach whether it's diet, whether it's a uh, training conditioning. And if you go into this tournament going, Hey man, you know what? I didn't eat, you know, pizza pockets every night before I went to sleep and <laughs> I didn't drink a six pack of beer, you know, the night before, you, you know that your results will come out great because you mm-hmm. put your, your best effort. And so whether you win or, or lose, you always got to think, man, this guy got the best out of me or he, I gave him the best of me and I, and I beat him. So um, you just never want to come up short of you not putting a hundred percent. So I always tell everybody, put hundred percent. And what is a hundred percent? It's, it's to the individual, you know, some people have, they have families, you know, you have a wife and kids, or you have uh, a specific job that you have to be there for a certain amount of hours. You can't expect that person to be living at the gym and training really hard, you know, nonstop. You're, you're always yeah, going to give, it doesn't make it tough. Yeah. You're going to give it the best. Like if you can only give 30%, we'll give the best 30% that you can give, you know what I mean? You got to be realistic with yourself. You can't be like, <clears throat> I'm gonna go challenge the world champion right now because they said that I could. No, man. You know, if you want to get to that level, then you have to make certain changes, certain sacrifices. So just think about you're coming into this, you're coming for the experience, but of course, you want it to be a pleasurable experience. You know, you want to you want to tangle who who wants to go somewhere and lose? You know what I mean? Right. So right. I would say do your best and and um do your best leading to it. Everyone always Always wants the end. They always talk about the end result, but they never talk about the journey getting there. So enjoy the journey until you compete, and then once you're there, you're gonna be like, "Wow, I'm here now!" And uh, you know, let's do this.
1: Nice,
0: Frank. What do you think? What's up? Uh, nothing. No, I'm I'm good, man. Uh, let's move on to the next question. Uh, so, uh, Professor, you've competed under IBJJF rules. You you talked about grappling next. I know you've done some fight to win, uh, and then you got another tournament coming up pretty soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got
2: one in, in November. It's actually the man. It's, it's been a while, but it's a Jitsu world league. It's just kind of like a prepper tournament. Like I just going out there and, uh, and see where I'm at, you know, mentally. Competing. Right.
0: Still, still. Uh, and, and those guys have a different rule set. I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, I've never looked at it, but, um, speaking of all these different, uh, organization that you've competed under, they all have different rule sets. Is there a specific rule set that you prefer to compete under? I I think I, I've always enjoyed the
2: IBJJF tournaments just because I feel people open up a little bit more. I know a lot of people talk trash. I think the popular thing right now is to talk trash on the IBJJF. And um, you hear about this. Really? Why time. is that? I Man, it's just because they're one of the most dominant, I would say, federations out there. And they're like, they're the cream of the crop, right? And so everyone else is coming out. And, and by all means, these people that are coming up are doing great. Like you have fight to win promotion that's co- that. It's really popular. They pay their fighters, which it gives an incentive for the jiu-jitsu practitioner to sell tickets and they can make money off of it. In IBJJF, you don't make any money, but you can build a career off of this too. You know, it's uh, having those titles are pretty prestigious, but I like it. I like it just because I I guess I'm just used to it. Um, I feel um, it opens up the match a little bit more and there's a lot more because I I know I was at uh, Fight to Win And if you get swept, it's not really a big deal. You know, you can fall on your butt and whatever. And, you know, you're not really worried about teeter-tottering or anything like that. Uh, But in IBJJF, I feel like every little movement that you do, you can, it can just be a snowball effect. Um, Jiu-Jitsu World League is a little bit, the the only difference between Jiu-Jitsu World League is that I think they have like a double elimination. And then they they don't uh, count advantages either. So, Um, but I, I say, you know. Whatever tournament I go into, whether I think I did one where it was kind of similar to like EBI rules. It's like, you know what you're going into. So I'm not going to hate on any specific rule set. I I like them all. You know, I I do like the rule sets where you're able to do heel hooks too. That's fun. So it just depends. It's just, um, I think you want to just be well-rounded and and do them
0: all. I kind of feel like you should, you should just be able to do everything. You know what I mean? Me, Regardless of where you're at. So speaking of kind of side notes of Speaking of regardless of where you're at, did you get to watch Who's Number One last on Friday night? I did. Did you get to see Nicky Ryan and who's the wrestler that he went up against? I'm not sure, but I heard that the match was really short. Dude, it was super short, super short. And yeah. he just like pulled guard and went for a heel hook, you know? It's like, dude, he's a white belt. Why are you going to? I don't know. I felt, I felt bad. I felt bad. That's like. Dropping in for an open mat, and then you go up against a white belt, and you just heel hook him in 20 seconds. Why hey would man, you? but that's,
2: that's that guy's fault, you know? He should have True. understood that. It's like, it's that, like, That's uh,
0: all. He should have known that.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like, if I were to enter a wrestling tournament, man, I'm going to get smashed in wrestling. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. And, and I see a lot of these wrestlers transitioning. They're like, no, I'm going to be able to pin him. Come on, guys. Be real. You know, be this real. is a different rule set, Yeah. You know? And not that I'm saying that, dude, wrestlers are amazing. You know, uh, uh, I had an experience where I remember when Andrew Ruth first came to the academy, uh, I was at Dethrone at that time. Man, I I got him the sub, but doesn't mean I'm going to get him a sub now, man. No, he's evolved as a martial artist. You know, he was a white belt at the time. He didn't really understand jujitsu, but once they understand it, they will understand it. So this guy made a big mistake in jumping into a tournament where he's probably like, oh well, I'm going to learn a kimura. You know, Nick. You know, Nicky Ryan has an amazing guard, an amazing leg attack. So even with the most seasoned jiu-jitsu practitioner it's like he is definitely
0: dangerous you know yeah he's, on top of that he's got thousands and thousands of hours on the mats that he does. yeah yeah you know? so yeah so i felt bad for him but hey that's like you're right that's what he signed up for that's, that's the rule set signed up for man that's if it. he didn't read that part of the contract <laughs> he's a <poor>. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh
1: victor so next question for you so how did you so how did you transition? Cause I, I met you when you were a student um, and then after moving away and being gone and everything, you've eventually have gone through your own training and become, now you have your own school, you know, you're your own uh, black belt professor. So how did you transition from one to the, other? what happened during that transition? And now that you have your own school, what is your teaching style with your school and your students? Man, it's, it's,
2: it's weird how, where jujitsu kind of takes you, you know, when, When I started teaching, it was it was out of like necessity. It wasn't like because I wanted to. Uh, At that moment, we had lost. um, I had just I had received my purple belt under John Salter, one of my homies, one of my one of my best friends, and he had yeah he had to move back to the East Coast. And from there, you know, I was asked to cover classes, which wasn't something that I was really fond of. Like I was just man, I, I, I I still feel like. I have a lot to learn, and I still feel I have a still a lot to learn as a black belt. And I think that's where you start realizing that just because you get a certain belt doesn't mean you stop learning. You're always learning. Um, but I started teaching as, as a purple belt, so I, I've had that experience of teaching since then. And then I started realizing, I'm like, wow, you know, I'm able to transfer information to individuals or students, and they're actually getting it. You know, they're they're picking up certain moves, and they're not, you know, they don't have a blank staring in their face when i'm trying to teach them a triangle you know and of course through trial and error um you know i would say through a lot of mistakes and i think that's what people don't realize that when someone's teaching they're they're also learning as well because the move might make sense to you in your brain but it doesn't necessarily you know, the, your output's very important because you can be like oh you just do this and then you can't be like oh bro you'll get you get it no you got to take your time and make sure you I think you have to over explain yourself like on everything, you know, it's like, it's like a coding, I would say, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not just going to just have a video game, man. There's a lot of code in the background. So with jujitsu, it's kind of the same thing, you know, it's like talking about a Kimura, you're not going to say, just grab your wrist and turn it. No, you have to go break down little by little and explain certain concepts. So that's something that I I did pick up over the years. Um, When it comes to like a coaching style, I don't know. I think I got something from all the coaches that I've had over the years. You know, um, Daniel Gaval, who's uh a black belt. Uh, Umberto Borges, who's uh Homero Cavacanchi black belt from Alliance Jiu-Jitsu. He's out in the East Coast. Uh, Frank knows. I mean, you know him too. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think you trained yeah. under him. And then yeah. John Salter. John was one of those guys too. He came out as a brown belt and he had never coached before Jiu-Jitsu, like have a program itself and he felt that his jiu-jitsu progressed so much because of coaching so you know i learned a lot from john i learned a lot from uh um josh koshek as well he awarded me my brown belt um and then um, we got chiago hosha and then i've had other people that come in through seminars so i think i have little bits and pieces of Every, every coach that I've come across. And I think everyone that's, that's learned jujitsu gets that too. And you, you see that in the way you teach. Sometimes you start saying certain words that they say all the time, you know? So.
0: You say mechanic a lot? You do say mechanic. <laughs> this is the mechanic. Mechanic?
2: Yeah, <laughs> no. I remember Humberto would always say exactly, and I remember, I remember, I started saying that uh, when I was like a blue belt. And I'm like, why am I saying this? Why? Why am I all of a sudden having like a a Portuguese or a Brazilian accent? You know? So it's like, like the McKinsey Derns. Remember how Mackenzie Derns? I think she's she was born in the states, right, or something like that.
0: Yeah, but and she all, got that accent though. Bro. She, all of a sudden, like over the years, she started
2: like yeah, <laughs> it just got worse and worse. It happens, man. And I, I you know, people You're make fun Phoenix. of her. From Phoenix. Yeah, people make people make fun of her, but it's true, man. You like you surround yourself with certain people, and you start, you know, mimicking certain things, certain traits. So, um, yeah, I think my coaching style is just a little bit of everything. So, of all those coaches that I had,
0: that's why important. That's why it's important to be around good people, like the good coaches you were around.
2: So that's I think so, man. I think so. Um, you know, it's like you're only going to be as good as the people that you surround yourself with. And uh, I was blessed enough to have really, I would say, high level coaches. And the great mentors. And they're still continues being mentors. They're all my friends. You know, I'm still mm. still good friends with most of them and still stay in touch. So um, I just hope that, you know, when I'm when I'm instructing my students, they can kind of say the same thing. That's always the goal. You know, you you change their lives through jujitsu, whether it's on and off the mats. And I remember Bernardo Frio always telling me that it's like you want to be a champion on and off the mats. And so every day that makes more sense to me.
0: Yeah, man, I agree with that, man. I I would say, like, you know, I, I've seen you progress through all the belts, man. And you've just gotten I mean, not only has your jujitsu gotten better, but I mean, not that you were ever a bad person, but man, you're a role model dude on and off the mats, dude. I just I'm just gonna put that out there. And and I hope everybody else out there knows. And if you're not, if, if you don't know, come to Rivalry Jiu Jitsu and you'll find out, man. Awesome Girl,
2: Go ahead. I'm sorry. No,
0: no, no. I was just gonna say, great technique, and 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 you hit you you hit you said this earlier, man. I mean, you're you're such a good teacher, dude. I mean, you, I've said this before on other shows. I'm a teacher myself, so I know a good teacher when I see one. And coming from the classroom and teaching books versus coming into the mats and teaching a move, you said it earlier, dude. Sometimes I try to teach somebody a move, and I'm like, ah, you'll get it, you know. But there's just <laughs> there's so many things that i have, i don't know yet on how to teach other people but you do man i mean you know all you know i mean in between step one and two there's five other steps and you know them and you and you get us through them all that's why a lot of times you roll with the white belt and they're a white belt two-stripe but dude you better be ready because they're gonna get you because they're not a white belt two-stripe they're like they would have been a white belt two-stripe Back in the day, they're more like a blue belt. Back in the day, I guess you would. They're they're a white belt, two stripe and a half over here. Oh, show! I'm giving giving those half stripes, dude. They're tough, man. They're (laughs) tough. We got some good white belts, man, and good blue belts, and good everybody else. You know, I'm just saying.
2: I always tell everybody coming for you, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I always tell everybody. I think the most important thing is like, uh, it's. uh, I've like I don't know, man. I I could kind of compare it to my barber. It's like you know, you can go to like a, like a specific barber and you can go to supercuts. you can get a haircut and they'll probably mess up your hair once. And then every other time you'll go to someone else and they give you a good haircut. And you can be like, I don't care. But you know, you see some of these barbers out here in the West coast, man, they have their little brush and they're like, so like meticulous and like specific to detail. And they got to remember, it's like, if someone sees that person walking on the streets, and then they end up seeing him with like a really nice fade. They're like, "Hey, who man? Who gave you that fade?" They're like, "Oh, you gotta go with so and so." You know? Yeah. And I think like with Jiu-Jitsu as well, man. It's like I as as a coach, you know, I would love to create a world champion. That that would be a dream of mine, you know. Or uh, you know, I I was able to help a student uh, get to uh, Pan No like like Master One uh, Champion, and that was that was awesome. That was beautiful, you know. And the goal is. You know, your jiu-jitsu, wherever they go, they're gonna be like, I want that person, you know what I mean? Um, this is like, you know, who, who taught you jujitsu? It wouldn't be like, Oh, Victor taught you jujitsu, oh man, let me teach you how to do a shrimp, you know. And no, it's like, oh, Victor taught you jujitsu, man, that's solid. Hey, try to join our team. And and that's cool, man. It's like you want your work to go out there. So, well, it, it I, I shows, it, man. It shows. Yeah, I, it I remember. Serious,
0: I remember. I was watching a fight to win, and one of your guys, white belt. Oh, gosh, I forget the name of the guy, but he looked like Bob from La bomba he, no, he had a Nogi match, and dude, he looked freaking good. They were. They had some great scrambles, and uh, one of the commentators mentioned that he trained at Rivalry, and they said that they dropped in at your gym and they were impressed with the level of white uh the the level of technique from the white belts. They said that one of their white belts, one of your white belts caught them in uh a straight ankle lock and and uh, almost got them or and, uh I mean just the technique again reflected in the way your student was uh competing in that show in that day in the fight to win. So kudos to you man. I mean like I said you're just a good coach dude.
2: Man I think I think people don't realize that sometimes they get so excited because they get other like let's just say a uh, blue belt or a purple belt comes to the gym, like, oh, I want that person because they're a blue belt or purple belt. Man, the most important belt is the white belt because they're coming in like a sponge. They're coming in, they want to absorb and they want to learn. So it's like setting that, that example right away from the beginning and letting them know that they can, uh, you know, attain a certain level, especially through understanding through through foundations and through concepts. Someone that really helped me understand that was Abraham Martha. Abraham Martha is an amazing coach, man. And if you ever get a chance, pick up one of his... I don't know if he has a BJJ Fanatics or what he has. Did you go to the seminar? You went to seminar. No, right? I, I missed it. And
0: I think you missed it. Yeah, I
2: missed well, that one. Man, he's one of those guys that like, it's like every time, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if you can try to do as many seminars as possible. So I know because you're over there in the East Coast, try mm-hmm. to go travel to other gyms. Of course, you always you always want to remain faithful to your coach, but you right. always right. need to bring back this information, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like taking different classes. You know, there's not, you don't just take one class in, in, in college, you know, you have yeah. different professors are going to teach you different, different things, but at the end of the day, you're going to be absorbing this information. It's going to make you better. And I think foundations is probably one of the most overlooked things because uh, jujitsu is so oversaturated right now with techniques. I mean, you could pull up Instagram and everyone's showing a flying this, a flying that a flying North South 69 position or something, you know, mm-hmm. and, and no one's ever, you know, no one's really talking about basic concepts. And people that really talk about it is like Abraham Marte I know he really emphasized on that. And the number one, the godfather of basic foundations, that's Haja Gracie. You know what I mean? You look at his jiu-jitsu and everyone's like, oh, it's so simple. You know, he just gets you the Kimura. It's like, no, bro, you don't see what he's doing to get you to the Kimura. And that's like another level of jujitsu. That's where people are like, oh, I get it. The Kimura, even though you did it like 1,000 times, you know? And you were mm-hmm. you are just understanding just the movement, but you didn't understand the concept behind it. So that's my goal as as an instructor, the white belt, to have that because I feel like it's like the man. I, I agree with Frank, man. The the level of blue belt now is insane. The level of purple belt is insane. You know, a purple belt now would whoop a black belt. You know, a couple of years ago, you know, and and that's just like, dude, it's the mutation of jujitsu, and that's why it's so amazing. You know, it's like. I can't be as a black belt and I see a purple. Wow. He's just a purple belt. Dude, this purple belt might kick my ass. better be ready. Yeah. They better be ready. You know, (laughs) they're going to go after the old man. And I think, I think that's, that's what's amazing about jujitsu. So I want to transcend, transcend that as a coach to be able to, to push that to my white belt. I want the white belt to feel like, man, I can go anywhere and I can hang with any blue belt around the world. And that's always been the goal, man. Even though I, I don't have, I mean, I'm, I'm under Tiago Hosha. He's from Alliance Overland, He's from Alliance team. Even though I'm not under a big banner, I think you, you want to always, you want to seal like a seal of approval, wherever they go. And they're like, Oh, who the heck is Victor? You know, or who the heck is Frank? Who the heck is Anthony? Oh shoot. You know, he's a good teacher. And so uh, I, I take it, I take it to heart.
0: Now. Nice. Well, it's paying off coach. It's paying off. Right. Um, uh, Coach, you ready to talk some Pan Ams here? Yeah, let's get the Pan Ams, man. Yeah, let's freaking do this. So we got Pan Ams going down in Florida this weekend. And uh, let's just start with the first weight class. We're going to talk black belts here. And we're going to start with the boosters. Let me pull this up, man. I got My new like favorite guy. weight class, because of recently I was doing some, uh, some fasting myself. And I was just eating like one big meal a day. And something really tiny for breakfast. Where are you and, at right now? Where's your weight, dude? Right now I'm like at one thirty two, one thirty one, and I haven't even cut out sugars. I haven't cut out beer. I'm drinking a Lagunitas IPA. Shout yeah, out if you guys want to sponsor
1: bucket.
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> see, I can't,
2: I can't pull it up, but give me some names, man. Uh, yeah. I, I can, yeah, I'll
0: send, I'll send this link out real quick. I'll put it in the chat again. Um, But uh, let me see. At Roosters, we got.
2: I got, it. All right, oh, go got it? it. Okay.
0: We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys. Um, let me see. I don't really recognize any of the guys from the field this year. Um, I see Rashawn Kershaw, BJJ Globetrotters. I think he had competed at Euros earlier in the year.
2: And- but this is what we were talking about, Frank, earlier on. Just, I think they should have renamed this uh, to the American Nationals. You know what I mean? cuz uh, you're yes. not yeah you're not going to get
0: these aren't the regulars there's a lot of regulars. a lot of big yeah. names missing i'm noticing you know yeah so, a lot uh, of
2: european and, and then the south american names even uh, uh you know uh, uh asian names too man you don't you don't have everyone here now i'm not discrediting the tournament obviously there's still tough names here but they they're a little bit uh the brackets are a little bit skinnier for sure
0: yeah, yeah. So for sure, this bracket. Fastying. For sure, I think this bracket's gonna be up for grabs. I don't know who's who's a favorite here. So I would
2: say Lucas Dos Santos Pinheiro. I think I would I would go for him. You think so? All right, I'm gonna. Yeah, I would house. think so. I would All think right. he he did he did really um, he did amazing. I think it was at the Abu Dhabi trials. That was in like two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: He's 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 a he's a beast,
0: man. He's he's tough. All right, all right. Let's move on to the next weight class. Uh Light Feathers. Uh Light Feathers. Let me see. Light Feather. I'm gonna go with Iago
2: Gama Sosa. He's uh he's from originally from Alliance Rio. Okay. Uh really tough guy. I think he's out, out in, in um, Massachusetts now, Alliance Massachusetts. So um he lives here in the States now. Um very technical. Uh, he placed third maybe about at worlds maybe about a year or two years ago. Um, and then of course we have uh, one of the meow brothers Paulo Meow. So I would think between those two those are the my top picks but we also have we're talking about light feather right we also ta- have a, a local talent. Uh, we have Josh Cisneros from uh, clever juices of Visalia. he's been on a tear, man he oh, just first promoted yeah he just promoted a black belt. And um that kid's doing really well, man. And I think he's on fire. So um he's one of those, I would think he'd be the dark horse in the division. So yeah, I'm looking kind of forward muddle.
0: to yeah, I'm looking forward to see how he does, man. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think he'll do well. I think he'll yeah. do well. I think he'll do amazing. Um, it's just when you go, it's weird, man. It's like a it's a spectrum, you know. There's like there's black belts and then there's black belts. So anyone that goes into this tournament, they're like, they're tough but, black guys. But adults. you
0: know what, dude? I, I kind of feel like he's young and he doesn't even really know. Like, he, he's like, Yeah, I know I'm going up against tough guys, but he, his mind, he's so young that he doesn't really know what he's up against. That I think he can do really good this this first turn. Yeah, and, and that's you what know? I was telling you,
2: man. I was telling you earlier on that like a lot of the times in competitions, a lot of people what they don't realize is that. Like you would say like this kid, Josh Esneros, he's been competing for a long time. man. So for him to go out there, he already understands being nervous. He already understands the um, being tired and being pushed to the limit. So it's nothing new to him. So regardless of him being new and young, this kid's been competing for a long time, you know, and um, most of these guys have been competing for a long time. So he does. I think he's coming in. um, Like I said, I think he's the dark horse in the division. But if I had to pick in the finals, I mean, I I see Iago being in the finals and uh, Meow, and then I can't take away from Josh. I think Josh, you know, can make a lot of upsets in this division.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I I see some good matchups coming up.
1: Uh, Now, with that being said, I mean, do you feel like, like how you're saying, a lot of people from overseas are not going to be able to be in this tournament. Do you think that that's going to change things up for future tournaments because of how they place now or how do you think it's going to affect these guys that are able to compete? I think,
2: I think the guys that are coming into this tournament, they all have the mindset of like, it's not as stacked, but having that mindset, everyone's going to train like a madman because they feel like every title is up for grabs now. It's not like, Oh, well, Leandro Lowe's in that division. Well, I'm going to see how good I do all against Leandro Lowe. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. no, it's like, Oh, Leandro Lowe's in this division all right, it's up for grabs. So I think everyone's really going to put their hearts into every match in the Pan-American. So I'm really excited to watch every black belt division. And even though the lower belts too, you know, we have brown belts and yeah. purple belts are coming up. So. All
1: right. Yeah, so definitely, yeah, definitely give a lot of those people like the yeah. edge to get, to take, like you said, take those extra take those motivation. Belts. For sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Extra nice. motivation. Cause it's like going to be a new champion crown. There's no, there's not a lot of defending champions coming back in this tournament right. Cause they're they're all over the world.
0: Wow. All right, let's move on to featherweights. So at featherweights, we got ah oh man, I'm looking I'm looking down the list. We got Isaac. I don't even. Don't I always. Lie. Yeah, dude, and Kennedy and Johnny Gripple, who was on Fight to Win a couple of nights ago. I mean, you just go down the list. There's so many good guys. Samuel Nagai.
2: Yeah, I think. I think this division, yeah, this is this is definitely a tough division. I think all the light, like the feather and light feather, are probably the most light feather and light feather, are the most technical practitioners out there. So it's always a game of inches with these guys and a lot of scrambles. Um, uh, I'm going to have to say a closeout. This is my my thought process behind it. I think. Isaac Dauderlein and Kennedy are going to be in the opposite side brackets and they're both on fire, man. They're both on fire. And I, I think Kennedy has been on, on the terror and then Isaac's been on terror. Too. I mean, he just came back. It was like his first term in, in months, obviously because of COVID, but I remember seeing Isaac, we were in Alliance Sao Paulo and man, that, that guy looked amazing on the mats, dude. He, we were training in the same spot. And uh, the next day, he ended up winning the Brasileiros. You know,
0: damn. Yeah, that guy,
2: oh. that guy's a beast, man. So, I obviously they wouldn't face each other, but I think, I think I see a closeout.
0: Yeah, and, um, yeah, I, I, I think you're was, right, man. I think you're right. Yeah, I, I, saw Kennedy do a fight to win a couple of weeks ago, and he looked. Uh, I forgot who he went up against. Um, he went up
2: against. I think it was Mauzinho. Oh, there
0: Monsignor. you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he looked good, man. So I don't don't see why he wouldn't. Yeah. All right. So the next weight class is the light, uh, lightweights and uh, your homie, Johnny Tama. Johnny's there, man. Yeah. Johnny's in there. Uh, Who else is up in here? Your home, uh, Michael in here. So you got Jonathan
2: Alves. Who's, who's killing it. Also, he's from art of Jiu Jitsu. But Jonathan Alvis lost to Liera at uh, the Abu Dhabi trial, so Liera beat Jonathan and uh, Johnny this this uh, last this week. About last two week, weeks. yeah, about last week. Yeah, it was last week. He beat him in that in tournament. Um, you have Kim Tara, one of the veterans coming back. That's the uh-huh. Kyle Tara's brother. You have Jeremy Jackson. He's also a veteran on the on the on the mats. Uh, Jonathan Jonathan's Gracie Silva. He's he's tough man. Uh, he won the Europeans, so man, this 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 this, this is. I mean, yeah, do Renato, Renato yeah, Canuto's
0: in there? Yeah, yeah, Evan Yeah, Marcio Andres on there. Yeah, Barbosa. Dude, it's, it's, yeah. There's gonna be some good. I'm I'm excited uh, for the man. brackets. I think the brackets come out on Thursday, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to. I might. Like, <coughs> so based off of just being biased and my
2: homies, I'm just gonna say. Liera and johnny in the finals I'm yeah just gonna say that.
1: that's i'm just gonna
2: say that because they're my homies um <laughs> but all of them all those guys in that that division they're tough man and um i i can't say anyone like oh this this guy's gonna take it no man this is all those matches are gonna be really tough
0: i think if you're watching this tournament this weekend you pay attention to this weight class because every match is going to be so good that that's yep. what i think man there's, there's just agree. so many good matchups um, the next weight class is the middleweight, middleweight weight class. Um, any favorites you're looking at, coach? Uh, Rehan Mutalib. Um,
2: I I remember uh, training with him when he was a, a blue belt at Cabrinha's. And this guy's really tough, very tactical, has an amazing spider guard. Um, I I, I, I want to see him compete. I want to see where he's at now because I, I remember he stopped. He was one of those guys. He was coming up with Isaac Dordorlein. Okay. And um, he was actually better than Isaac for a little bit, you know. And uh, he had to stop because he went to med school. And so, oh. he's yeah, he's a doctor now. So, he's coming back and he wants to have this competitive jiu career. He just loves it. So, I mean, I want to see how Rehan has improved. Uh, Vinicius, uh, Lino Wong, I actually trained with him over there in Alliance San Diego. Um, he's a good uh, practitioner. Um, but if I have to pick here, let me see. Let me scroll down a little bit. Ronaldo... More um mm. uh, i'm gonna say uh levi jones Leary. Levi. I he's, yeah. yeah i think he's i think he's gonna take it as long as he doesn't get disqualified because i think last time he got disqualified because it was a double guard pool and mm. and um uh, he got knocked out of the, the tournament but it wasn't because he he did anything besides they just got stuck in a position so uh, i i would say him and then you have Ronaldo junior too yeah he's, yeah he's just, uh, so I, I would love to see that match, Ronaldo Jr. against Levi. Yeah, I hope Chelsea. they're on opposite
0: sides uh, of the bracket. That would be a nice matchup. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right, uh, next weight class, the medium heavies. Medium heavies, let's see.
2: Okay. Gabriel Almeida. Gabriel Almeida uh very tough. We got Otavio Sosa. He is the veteran. He always brings it. But you know what I mean. It gets to the point where you you know I always tell everybody, time never never fails, right? It, it always beats everyone. So um, undefeated, oh, undefeated all the time. So the two people that I would say I would say to look up for the dark horse would be Jake Watson. Jake Watson has beaten some big names, and not many people know about him unless you've been following a lot of the fight to wins. He beat Ronaldo Junior. He beat um, who's that? Coyotera black belt, the one that has a really sick clothes guard. Uh, shoot, Mason Fowler. Mason has a uh, man, he has a complete game now, man. That guy, he, he was known as just the rubber guard guy, man. He's he's solid now. Shout out oh, to Mason,
0: a- he won tonight. Good job, Mason. It's
2: pretty, it's pretty amazing, man. Amazing yeah. performance. Yeah, um, I would say in this division, man, Jake Watson's definitely a dark horse, but you have uh, Manuel Hibamar, and uh, Hibamar is uh, he's definitely up there, man. So I think Hibamar will take it. But I would like to see Jake Watson take the tournament.
0: All right. Heavy. All right. So that's at uh, medium heavies, right? Yep. So now we're moving on to heavies. What do you think about heavies?
2: This one, I got to say easy. Um, I would say Gustavo Batista from Atos. Oh. Yeah. I see Michael Musameshi Jr., but I don't know if that's Mikey Musameshi. Is that Mikey Musameshi? Is he well, Michael Musameshi Jr.?
0: Well, I I think that's him, but I saw but he po- said he wasn't gonna compete. He right? said he was, was, yeah, he said he wasn't gonna do it, but that was earlier in the week, and then the date came to like drop out or change or you know, change your weight class, and his name is still there. So I don't know. That's gonna be a- Mikey Musameshi. So yeah.
2: <laughs> but but you have Dominic Bell, which is freaking tough. Um you have Nathan Mendelson. He trains out of, uh, I believe, up north over here in Santa Cruz. What's that school called? Uh, Cla- Cla- Claudio Franza. I think he's Oh, out yeah, of that yeah, school.
0: Claudio Franza. Yeah. Uh,
2: you have Orlando Monteiro. That guy's out of Hawaii. He's really good. You have um, also Roberto, uh, Roberto Jimenez. Jimenez. Yeah, Roberto Jimenez is in there. Yeah. Um, Asher, Asher Darmo is really tough, man. He's one of those guys that he looks like uh, Edwin Najmi. Uh, but ah. that guy is very flexible, very tough. Uh man, this division is is is
0: it's a good division,
2: but if I have to give it to anybody, I have to give it to Gustavo
0: Batista. Batista?
2: He's, he's the little pit bull, yeah. I think he's gonna take it.
0: All right. All right, let's move on to the super heavies. Super the, heavies. The bigger boys.
2: Big boys. Yeah. Um there's not many of them. I'm gonna say Felipe Andrew, man. Yeah. I've rolled with Felipe Andrew, and that guy is. He is tough, man. He is tough. And he actually uh, beat, you know, everyone's seen Keenan's name. He triangled Keenan at the Europeans.
0: Yeah, he um, did, man. Just that this was year.
2: Sick. I remember yeah. Um, Guillermo Augusto is really good. He's uh, amazing. He's um, he's out of Alliance Sao Paulo, too, but now he lives here in the States. You have Arnaldo Oliveira. He's, he's really good, too. I faced him. He subbed me, like, in like 40 seconds. He's, ah, he's he's yeah he's tough he's good um, <laughs> yeah you have, you, have, you have a Devontae johnson but i think i don't know i see keenan in the finals you know the funny story i see american top team charles killian mcguire i see that guy in every tournament man and, and this guy is a little bit older too he's like an, an old dude but i think he just likes to just compete out there dude he's always competing throw your name in the hat guys. Just do it. Yeah, Get in there. Good does,
0: I always know Charles McGuire is going to be in every tournament. So. <laughs> you know what? There was a guy that had signed up for lightweight. Uh, his name was Jacob Lanier and he trained out of Trujitsu Jitsu in Bakersfield. Yeah. And, but when the last you know, the last call to drop out or change weight classes came out. His name wasn't on the list anymore, so I don't know. Uh, but I was, I'm always pulling for the local guys. Yeah, I pull for the local guys. So Hell yeah! In a
2: super heavy division, I'm going to give it to Charles McGuire for sure.
0: Charles McGuire no. getting <laughs> on the podium. Really yeah. Now <laughs> I'm going to give
2: it. I'm going to give the the uh, the first place to Felipe. I Felipe. I think, uh, I
0: think he's going to take it. All right. All right, let's go to the next weight class. Uh, actually, the last, ultra the heavy. Last one, the ultras. Yeah, ultra.
2: I, I've always, man. I, I've, I wish they would change this name. You know, it's like, especially the guy that's like coming into jujitsu and he's like, man, I want to go compete and he's trying to lose weight. It's like, well, what division are you? Oh, ultra man, I'm all,
0: heavy. Ultra,
2: ultra. You know, it's like <laughs> you only use ultra in uh, Killer Instinct. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was a Killer Instinct. Like, ultra. <laughs> ultra. <laughs> yeah, so ultra heavy I think they need to change that name. Um, I'm gonna give it to Max Jimenez Max Jimenez he's from GF team. Uh, he trains over there in Baltimore, Maryland and uh, real tough man. Uh, I think I think he's gonna take it. He just got first place also the uh, Abu Dhabi trial so I think he's motivated. I think uh, he's going to cement his place in history and become a Pan- American champion as a black belt.
0: Ah, man, yeah. So I'm looking forward to some good matches this weekend. Uh, I think the white belt started off on Wednesday, and then it kicks off from there.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be tuning in every day, man.
0: Yeah, same here, same here. You're talking about this Wednesday, cuz? This Wednesday. That's a five-day tournament
2: now. Yeah. Wow. I've always had the Pan Americans as, like, I held it dear because it was, like, it was one of those tournaments where I realized that I wanted to compete like nonstop. I always wanted to compete. I remember, I remember losing the first match and um, it didn't matter because at the end of the day, I had the homies I was hanging out with and we, you, got we all to go, to after. afterwards. you go to scissors after <laughs> and you get that $10 steak. What did <laughs> you follow the wrestle botch? Right? Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Mongo, Mongo Mondays. Mongo. <laughs> goes, That's tougher than a t- nickel. It was a 10 cent steak. <laughs> so that's that's you get a scissor so
0: um no abel santo special
2: dude abel abel's always about that pizza you know but i think <laughs> that's that's the that's the amazing part it's like these guys are going out there to compete of course it's their livelihood this is their life but most of the competitors that are going out there it's an experience man you're able to see amazing jujitsu, but you're able to be around like amazing people great friends and uh get it explore a city uh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of bummed out. It's not here in California. I don't think California's going to have any tournaments anytime soon. But it gives me motivation to know that I get to go travel, to, you know, to the East Coast. So I get to travel to Florida and Texas and, and What? Compete, so. Yeah, it's in Florida. So it's it's normally in uh, Irvine, California. So at the, the Brands Event Center. Yeah, I yeah, might maybe, have to drive down
0: there. Maybe next year. Hopefully by next year, everything's back to normal. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. All right, Coach, uh, anything you want to say before we uh, wrap this up? You want to talk Man, about I- that tournament again or uh, uh, anything else?
2: I just want to say I want to thank you guys for, for inviting me to the show. It's always it's always nice to nerd out and just talk about jiu-jitsu. Um, I've been blessed enough to be able to meet a lot of great people. Uh, I met both of you guys on the mats, and we continue here, you know, having these shows now, you know, talking about jujitsu 11 years later. And um, I'm, I'm definitely stoked that Cousin Ann finally decided to compete. You know, this it's definitely going to make you a better person. And then, Frank, you know, you've always been um, um, an amazing person when it came to motivating others and likewise motivating me to become a better coach. So thank you for doing this. Keep doing what you're doing, because I think uh, we need more podcasts like this. I think there's a lot of negativity out in social media right now. I think sometimes it's good just to sit back and laugh at things. So, and I take things too seriously. Um, but I want to give a shout out to my sponsors. I wanted to give a shout out to Break Grip, Peril. If you want to follow them, um, they have some some awesome merchandise. Check them out. Break Grip. Also, Trap BJJ. There's a lot of uh, amazing instructionals there. You can also follow uh, Max Jimenez through there. And um, he has like uh, really great breakdowns on moves. Um, who else am I missing? Company 21 Geese uh RIDEX. Uh they're actually sponsoring me for this uh this tournament coming up. It's a pest control company. Thank you, Bobby. Big shout out to you. Bobby, and get Bobby, them, Bobby, yeah. Bugman. And Bugman Jiu Jitsu. What do we got? Uh, I want to thank all my, my my family and friends at Rivalry Jiu Jitsu. Thank you for all the support. I appreciate you tuning in, listening to, to this podcast and uh stay motivated, stay hungry and keep learning. And um Shout out to Hulk Hogan for motivating me and becoming a better <laughs> person, and 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 helping me become a black belt. You
0: know? Showing us what a real American is. If it wasn't Thank for you. Hulk Hogan, I don't think I'd be on the show, guys. <laughs> Dang, you'd be like a an artist playing get drum. What would you playing be playing? Coach drums I, or I would guitar? Be playing the the triangle, electric triangle, <laughs> electric triangle innovator. We got an innovator. innovator. Yeah, yeah, cool, that's
2: you. Uh, yeah. Electric triangle. That's what I'd be doing, right? now, <laughs> Now I'm a black belt. So I didn't have that many options in
0: life, guys. You make your own, you make your own journey, coach. You and make you, your you own destiny it. for
1: yeah, sure. You do. Thanks, it, There's still time.
2: Yeah. There's still time. There's still time. I could eventually I can, uh, I can, I think once I retire, I think I'm going to have a little area in uh, ocean beach in San Diego where it's a little hippie area and I'll be playing my electric triangle and uh,
0: having visions out there drinking the ayahuasca. We'll come by <laughs> and take a class. <laughs> <laughs> And ride longboards. That's it. And get fish tacos. Get fish tacos. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. I want to thank everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed the interview and predictions. Now go out there and bet your house on it and then make sure you give coach Vic 20%. In the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Jujitero C2C to stay informed on upcoming episodes and announcements and check out our new website where you can uh, find all our episodes and you can find the link in our bio on our Instagram profile. Cause anything you want to say before we head out,
1: yeah, man, uh, Victor, Just it's good talking to you again. I know I follow you on, on social media because of the whole COVID we I've been doing that again, but I'm really glad that you came on, you know, good guy and everything. And I, you know what, just so in between you and I, I'll be getting, you know, in touch with you offline on how, what I need to do to uh, finally get this purple belt cousin of mine. I need, I need to finally get some moves so I can uh, eventually get him. So I'll be getting in contact with you, but thank you everybody for listening tonight. I'm really glad to be out here.
0: Because I'm going to give you the game plan like like our president got the game plan. And you can just follow oh, it. And if you don't follow it, then that's on you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, oh, I want to thank Professor Victor for taking time out of his busy schedule. Coach, I know you got tons of stuff to do. Uh, but thank you again for taking time out of your busy day, uh, for yeah, joining us. Anything you want to say before we hit out one final time, Coach? Oh, uh, man,
2: uh, you just got to follow this podcast. If you're not following it already, add it on iTunes or whatever. Uh, media platform you use. This is this is the show, guys. You need to cutting follow the so, edge. Yeah, it's cutting edge. You, you just don't know. You don't know it yet. But uh 100, 100 episodes through, you're gonna you're gonna thank yourself, and you're gonna be like, man, this is this uh, Joe Rogan, who this is Frank Garcia, cousin aunt. This is like household names, guys.
0: Guys, guys, it's gonna be like getting in on Google on day one.
1: Ooh, so invest invest
0: in your stocks, guys. Invest in investing, in, guys.
1: And in the me. website,
0: we're going to throw a Patreon app up pretty soon. So, uh we need stuff. Also, speaking of that, by the way, stay tuned Friday dropping. We've here at Jujutellos have been working super hard uh on a special project. Uh we've just animated one of our stories and we're going to we're going to release it on Friday. We hope you enjoy it. Uh but regardless, just let us know what you think and let us know uh what future story you want us to animate because we're going to keep doing this. So uh, if you get tired of it, let us know. So that way we can change it into something you do want to know. So in the did meantime,
2: Eddie, did Eddie animate, animate it? Did he draw the pictures? He then? drew with his left hand, dude. It's uh, it's yeah. a lot of nude pictures, a lot of frontal nudity. So I think uh, you just got to let the viewers know
0: that. Uh, we're going to put a nudity. parental warning, up and it's up for everybody, but you know what coach it's 2020. That is and true. So we're breaking the walls down. There should be no walls. This is like GTA style world with everything boom in front of your eyes. <laughs> Enjoy it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care, Drew Thetels. Be safe. Keep rolling and training if you can out there. And we hope to hear from you soon. Peace. Peace. This Thank is you. Is the motivation.